Well, welcome to this month's Ask Your Herb Doctor. My name's Andrew Murray. Good evening. My name is Sarah Johannesson Murray. Uh, for those of you who perhaps have never listened to our shows, which run every third Friday of the month from 7 till 8 p.m., we're both licensed medical herbalists who trained in England and graduated there with a degree in herbal medicine. Uh, we run a clinic in Garberville where we consult with clients about a wide range of conditions and we manufacture all our own certified organic herbal extracts which are either grown on our CCOF certified herb farm or which are sourced from other US certified organic supplies. So you're listening to Ask Your Herb Doctor on KMUD Garberville 91.1 FM and from 7.30 until the end of the show at 8 o'clock you're invited to call in with any questions either related or unrelated to this month's topic of you are what you eat, or absorb, for that matter. Uh, the number here, if you live in the area, is 923-3911. Or if you live outside the area, the toll-free number is 1-800-KMUD-RAD. And we can also be reached toll-free on 1-888-WBM-HERB for further questions during normal business hours, Monday through Friday. So this month we are again very pleased and fortunate to welcome Dr. Ray Pete back to this show and we'll be exploring how medical radiation can have deleterious effects on our living biological systems and if time allows a discussion of food safety in our world today. Uh, I wanted to remind our listeners of the Hippocratic Oath which is uh, taken undertaken by doctors and they begin their uh, practice uh, and first and foremost, in the Hippocratic Oath, it states, first do no harm. So this is the fundamental clause, if you like, of practicing medicine. First do no harm. Okay, so uh, I wanted to uh, welcome Dr. Raymond Pete onto the show. Good evening, Dr. Pete. Hello. And uh, perhaps for some of our listeners who may have heard the intro and maybe not heard you before, uh, I know a lot of people have heard you, but there's always some people who pick up uh, a new thing and uh, may not have heard of you before. Uh, but you just very briefly uh, give a people that are listening an outline of your academic background? Um, I was a student of literature and linguistics uh, for years before I decided to uh, get a degree in biology. And uh, in 1968... I went to the University of Oregon uh, intending to uh, get a, a Ph.D. Uh, concentrating in uh, neurology or, or brain biology. But very quickly I saw that the uh, nerve and brain uh, people were extremely dogmatic, not really interested in uh, studying the the way the organism works, and I found that reproductive physiology in in that university uh, had a, a really scientific orientation, and so I I did my dissertation on uh, the uh, endocrine and metabolic changes in aging of the reproductive systems. Okay, and I also know that you're a uh an expert, if you uh, would like to call yourself that, uh, so far as uh, thyroid hormones concerned, and you've done a lot of work on thyroid hormone and progesterone and related hormones. Uh, I wanted to uh, ask you to expand on a topic that perhaps uh, many people that are listening to the show this evening have uh, thought or suspected, um, and that is that uh, X-radiation, 
for those uh, people that get in traffic accidents and have uh, x-rays or people that are just uh, exploratory x-rays being subjected to them uh, probably would think to themselves the uh, about the negative effects or the uh, potential harm of x-rays uh, but yet obviously the medical establishment purports them to be uh, very safe and there's uh, no I don't know if there's any real exposure upper limit uh, to which uh, you're not allowed to have any more x-rays, but I've never heard of anybody being told they can't have any more x-rays because they've had their quota. Um, and they don't keep a record of how much uh, radiation they're giving patients. Yeah. I've had many people who had obvious uh, brain symptoms or, or spinal column symptoms of uh, radiation poisoning, and they asked, the various doctors that had treated them uh, what their exposure had been. Uh, for example, uh, radiation for prostate cancer and uh, uh, fluoroscope visualization during heart surgery and so on. And none of the doctors had the vaguest idea how much radiation they had, but uh, it added up and caused classical uh, degenerative symptoms. And isn't it also true that there's not really a, an organization that monitors the x-ray machines in hospitals as to how much radiation each machine is emitting? Um, I, I think that has improved. Uh, they're supposed to calibrate them once a year, I think, generally. Mm. Would, you, uh, would you like to describe uh, the principle uh, behind uh, the uh, uh, x-radiation and how how it can have negative effects in terms of the uh, breakdown of the particles? Um, the um, harmful effects of um, the radiant type of energy, uh, which there's a spectrum ranging from uh, radio waves uh, through infrared and ultraviolet and uh, soft and hard X-rays and gamma rays and so on, uh, the harmful effect is uh, essentially uh, from ionization of molecules in the body. And so they classify things from hard or uh, C-ultraviolet category uh, through X-rays and gamma rays as ionizing radiation. Uh, but... Actually, uh, there are molecules in the body that ionize spontaneously, and so uh, anything from the weakest uh, energy uh, can increase the degree of ionization in the body. And uh, it, it's a very misleading idea that only the, the, <laughs> the ionizing radiation, so-called, is harmful. Uh, but it, it's the amount of ionization that uh, is produced that causes the damage, and the uh, radiation has to interact and, in, in effect, has to resonate with some atom or molecule in the tissues to cause the harm, so that if it passes through without uh, being absorbed, uh, there's not any uh, particular harm done, but if it ends up in your in your tissue, 
and doesn't come out the other side, then uh, that does the harm. So uh, red light can pass through your body harmlessly. Uh, blue and ultraviolet light will give you a sunburn. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> with soft, lower energy x-rays, you can get a sunburn on one side uh, while you're barely exposing film on the other side of your body. Uh, so they've tended to use higher energy hard x-rays so that you uh, don't fry one side of your body uh, to get a picture of something inside. But still with any, like a chest x-ray, the side that's facing the emitter is going to get a higher dose than the other side. So that's showing that some um, something is getting stuck in the body. It's not going um, yeah, all the way through. It, it's the same principle that uh, you get sunburned on the side facing the sun. And uh, you can see uh, if you hold your hand up against uh, the sun, you can see red coming through. Mm. But uh, the side facing the sun is what gets sunburned. And so if you are, are facing the X-ray emitter with the the detector on to your back, uh, your breasts are going to be uh, at greater risk than if you were turned the other way. But since your heart is right in the middle, your heart gets it either way, mm. and your lungs. Hmm. Okay. How would um, in terms of the exposure? Uh, uh, to the negative effects of radiation, how um, would you compare the sun's radiation and although the sun will provide vitamin D for us and uh, red light, yeah, of course, and red light. How do you uh, see the damaging effects of the sun compared to uh, radiation, for example, from um, MRIs or from? Well, the, the atmosphere filters out the um, harder, uh, higher energy. X-rays and uh, ultraviolet C, and so uh, the kind of ultraviolet that burns us is um, ultraviolet A and B, mm-hmm. and to some extent the blue light can cause a sunburn. And uh, uh, the slight burning effect is very superficial. It goes just a couple of millimeters or three into your skin and is absorbed, but the damage that it causes there, uh, a sunburn can poison you system- systemically. Mm-hmm. So that uh, even though it's all absorbed at the surface, uh, you you can suffer uh, general uh, systemic sickness from getting sunburned. And it, it's the same if you're burned with a, a hot iron. It'll make you sick uh, all through your body because of material absorbed. And the things in your skin that absorb the radiation from ultraviolet uh, are the first things are the uh, colored vitamins, folic acid, <clears throat> um, uh, vitamin B2, and uh, carotene or vitamin A, and the polyunsaturated fatty acids spread the energy absorbed by, by these colored substances. And then the uh, the excited or oxidized fatty acids in your skin uh, can travel and uh, cause 
the release of inflammatory mm-hmm. mediators all the way from your skin into your bloodstream and throughout your body. Mm-hmm. So Another even good... the superficial burn has systemic effect. But uh, the really it's it's the um, just the superficial uh, injury that you get from sunlight. Uh, cosmic rays are particles uh, moving at extremely high speed uh, going uh, right. Some of them go deeply into the earth, but um, they they pass through our bodies constantly. Uh, a cloud chamber will it, it creates a, a mist uh, every time a particle goes through. It leaves a trail, and and so they're. Um, in a in a second, many particles will be passing through our bodies, but uh, these the primary particles, the the particles coming directly out of the cosmos, are traveling at such high speed that our particles, our molecules, don't resonate with them, and uh, pretty much uh, the uh, the electrons that are released. Uh, go back to where they were uh, knocked loose from and uh, don't cause much damage. Uh, There is a little chronic damage from cosmic rays. But if you put animals under about a half an inch of lead, uh, these cosmic primary rays hit a nucleus in the lead, Instead of being shielded, they cause a, a fission reaction in the lead nucleus. And then there's an intense shower of secondary, they're called secondary cosmic rays. Uh, and if you're in a, a building with a very thick roof, especially with uh, metal things over your head, you get some of that same effect that you that would be produced by a a lead shielding over your head. So how? Did... So cosmic rays. The higher you go, the less probability there is that a secondary radiation will be produced because the atmosphere is so thin. Uh, more of them will pass through harmlessly. Because they're traveling faster. Um, yeah, essentially they're traveling faster, and uh, some of the particles that are produced in the secondary or tertiary reactions, uh, those are lower energy particles, and many of them, uh, you can follow the tracks they leave in a a chemical substance uh, just to see what happens to them. But uh, they uh, increase their ionization of the tissue as they slow down, and and so it's like... if you're skiing at high speed and you uh, fall off your skis and hit the snow, uh, you slow down. If it's very fluffy snow, you slow down gradually. If it's very dense snow, you uh, come to a, a very sudden damaging stop and uh, all the energy is absorbed by your tissue suddenly. Uh, that's what happens with these lower energy particles. And if you eat an isotope which emits particles, uh, such as the 
uh, the radioactive isotopes they give you uh, to scan your thyroid or to treat thyroid cancer or to do the, uh, the PET scans. Uh, those emit isotopes which are uh, largely absorbed right in the tissue in the local area. And so those are extremely carcinogenic. Uh, so not only are you exposed to the carcinogenic effect of the actual PET scan, but then the substance you take in order to show up on the PET scan is also radioactive. Uh, yeah, and they um, they often do it to uh, find a tumor that concentrates the radioactive substance. But uh, if you look at the whole body, the uh, brightest spots are usually the brain, the kidneys, and the thyroid gland. Uh, they, they don't mention that uh, those are highly uh, metabolic uh, areas that uh, uh, release, metabolize, the uh, concentrate the radioactive substance. Wow. So it's uh, you're talking about radiation in terms of sunshine, cosmic rays, and these X-ray machines. So are you saying that a sunburn is essentially... As bad as X-rays, or no, it, it's um, very bad for your skin, but um, it only has a little systemic lingering damage. But um, the the body uh, absorption, when it's systemic, uh, there's a great mass involved, and so uh, a fairly low intensity that goes through your body and uh, produces reactions can can leave a, a sort of inflammatory reaction that can linger. Uh, for example, in Japan, they have um, done blood tests that show that people who were exposed 60 years earlier to the atomic bomb uh, still have a lingering inflammatory reaction in which uh, their blood is uh, uh, emitting... Uh, still emitting excited uh, photons. So still, they're still basically have radioactive particles inside their body. Well, not exactly radioactive, but uh, it started a process sort of like rancidity uh, in oil. If you uh, once start the process, then it continues. And if you start an inflammatory reaction with radiation and don't stop it somehow, uh, it can continue for the rest of your life, uh, just getting worse. So when when doctors say or dentists say that, well, this one X-ray is just equivalent to spending all day in the sun. I mean, how untrue is that? Well, totally untrue because the the sun is uh, it, it might stress you if you get really fried in the sun, so that your skin uh, blisters and peels off and so on. Uh, that can kill you if you do, overdo it, but uh, the uh, the ordinary sunburn is actually uh, slightly good for you, probably by making vitamin D, but uh, there's no good produced by the type of radiation uh, from an X-ray. And, and what and what about all those people that work in buildings that are uh, constantly like spending 12-hour days or uh, eight yeah, to 12-hour days? Above, above the uh, 25th parallel of latitude, 
the cosmic rays are intense enough that that probably uh, increases your cancer risk. Uh, they used to um, believe that it was only the direct action of, of a, an X-ray or gamma ray or isotope on your genetic material that caused uh, cancer and mutations and so on. But uh, if you irradiate cells in a dish and uh, cause uh, the mutations uh, in in those exposed dishes, but then you add fresh cells to the dish, the fresh cells which weren't exposed to radiation will begin to mutate. So it's it's like analogous to the uh, starting the rancidity process in oil. It starts an inflammatory process in the exposed cells, and they it's called the bystander effect. Uh, they spread the damage to the innocent, unexposed bystander cells. Okay, so you had two dishes together. One dish is radioactive. The other um, one... Well, no, you, one dish you put under the X-ray and uh, give it a, a dose that will cause those cells damage. Okay, and then the dish next to it uh, is completely untouched, has and, not been and exposed. And mix the cells so that they can get near each other. Wow. And the uh, damaged cells send a signal to the new cells in their environment that causes the same kind of damage to the new cells exactly as if they had been irradiated. Is is this uh, difference or this trait, is it heritable? Uh, yeah. Uh, people are trying to identify the nature of the chemical signal. Um, some people think it's it's a photo uh, photoelectric or photochemical reaction, uh, and that's possible because the the uh, inflammatory mediating chemicals uh, do uh, stimulate uh, photochemical reactions when they uh, affect a cell. So it's undoubtedly a mixture of, of uh, excitation and uh, chemical signaling. Um, in the, dentists will often put a lead apron over a person and uh-huh. uh, they, if, if a woman is pregnant, they'll uh, recover her abdomen with the lead apron and they were just going to x-ray your head so uh, the baby isn't affected. But uh, there was a study in Seattle a few years ago in which uh, they looked at uh, a large group of people who got different amounts of x-rays to their mouth. And pregnant women who had a, a full set of dental x-rays, uh, when their babies were later born, had been present under the, the lead apron, they were underdeveloped, uh, small for their uh, developmental stage showing that uh, something had happened systemically to the mother's physiology that uh, affected the nutrition and growth of of the developing fetus. And this, in animal experiments in the 1950s, this was already clearly established that X-rays act like estrogen. Um, 
it will even cause uh, rodents to go into heat to be hmm. x-rayed because it is so similar to estrogen. And uh, for several years, people thought that was because it excited the pituitary to uh, turn on the ovaries. But uh, other experiments showed they would just x-ray the animal's foot and uh, the ovaries or the, the whole physiology would uh, uh, behave as if they had uh, been given estrogen. Good grief. Okay, well, uh, for those of you listening, uh, this is Ask Your Rev Doctor on KMUD Garberville 91.1 FM, and from 7.30 until the end of the show, at 8 o'clock, you're invited to call in with any questions, either related or unrelated, to this month's topic of uh, medical irradiation. Um, our guest speaker is Dr. Raymond Peets. Uh, he's a PhD uh, in physiology and uh, hormone chemistry. And uh, the show is based on the uh, supposition that x-rays and other medical radiation for examination purposes is safe is actually not true. I uh, just wanted to, uh, perhaps Dr. Pete, if you would, um, if you know any figures of uh, quantification of uh, damage that can be done to uh, people or to cells in, in, in measurable ways that uh, maybe people would uh, identify with perhaps. Uh, the, um, the the studies looking at large populations uh, see from animal studies they see that uh, the babies are underdeveloped and uh, uh, their brains in particular uh, grow more slowly and in human studies uh, they can see that just a few rads or rams of of radiation, like uh, several times the uh, background radiation intensity, that that's enough to um, increase uh, some cancers uh, of the brain and eyeball, for example, mm -hmm. uh, but and and thyroid. Uh, when they're just getting dental X-rays, uh, the radiation bounces off the teeth and exposes the eyes, brain, and, and thyroid uh, uh, more than other parts of the body. But now that the uh, bystander effect is known and the estrogenic effect, um, I think there will uh, be more studies looking at uh, the uh, subsequent pregnancies of women who have been irradiated because of the lingering bystander effect uh, the the fetuses are going to be uh, basically estrogenized if the woman had a, a significant amount of radiation even before getting pregnant. Hmm. So would it be worse or better to have the lead shield on the on, oh, on the body? In the case of, of X-rays, lead is is very protective, but the trouble is that they don't protect your mouth, and the mouth uh, sends the estrogen-like signals all through the body. So the baby's damage was because of the radiation yeah. on the brain, the mother's brain, and yeah. her thyroid gland, and eyeballs, yeah. or were what other, whatever cells that touched there, and that then had a systemic effect on her child. Yeah. I, we have a I caller. I think you have a caller, yeah. A caller, you're on the air? I am. 
Yeah, go ahead. Hi, um, I had a question regarding microwave radiation, and um, as it's related to telephone and several other technologies, also, uh, if anything to do with cell phones would be damaging that Dr. Pete knows about, and I'll take my answer off the air. Okay, thank you. So um, did did you uh, did you get that question? Um, it was sort of uh, skipping. I couldn't hear. Uh, the caller asked if um, uh, you knew anything about uh, cell phone radiation, um, and she uh, she mentioned microwave radiation. So um, anything that you know about cell phone radiation that would be. Oh well, uh, yeah. I think the studies that are showing brain cancer from uh, use of cell phones uh, way back. 35 years ago or so, there were uh, two or three uh, laboratories or factories working with that frequency of uh, energy, uh, and there were clusters of brain cancers on the staff. Like within a year or two, there would be two or three people uh, developing brain cancer working around those very high-intensity fields. And... In that context, the, the studies that suggest uh, that the cell phones are causing brain tumors, I think it's very believable. Mm-hmm. How about the uh, acoustic neuromas? Because I know when the uh, cell phones started becoming very popular maybe 10 years ago, um, there were people uh, purporting to demonstrate uh, acoustic uh, neuromas. So these are cancers associated with the ear. Well, yeah. Um, how, how do you... The, the, um, all, all kinds of brain tumors, uh, astrocytomas were the ones that they saw in the, the laboratory workers. Okay. But uh, <clears throat> whatever is, is close to a, a field is going to be affected. Uh, because of the uh, industrial commitments to um, exposing the population uh-huh. to uh, high energy, uh, everything from radar your airports and microwaves around uh, the downtown regions. Uh, the government and industry have both put pressure on the researchers not to see any harm. But uh, from from the 50s on, uh, several researchers were showing uh, that nerves are seriously disturbed even by very low levels of uh, microwave and uh, radio frequency. Are you uh, at all familiar with the uh, Bluetooth, the uh, kind of wireless headset that most people now, because of the ban on driving and talking on your cell phone, are switching to? Uh, do you any uh, any uh, facts or any information about Bluetooths and how they might be? No, I don't know what that no. is. Either. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think there's another caller on the line, Dr. Pete. So, caller, you're on the air? Oh, hi. Good evening, um well, the program's freaking me out. Um, I, I need some dental work doing, and I just realize that as soon as I go to the dentist, he's going he's gonna to do a huge a dental x-ray. What I'm listening to you telling me on the radio is that it's probably better simply to let my teeth rot rather than have a dental x-ray. At least my brain will remain intact. Wow. I know dentists in, in Mexico who um, have gone against the the pressure to do x-rays for everything, but uh, 
I know endodontists who uh, very reliably do root canals without x-ray. It can be done if the doctor's skilled enough, huh? If the doctor is uh, not primarily uh, (laughs) interested in getting the patient in and out and getting their money. Right. Right. Mm. So it's not necessary to have an x-ray? Well, almost never. Uh, You you can uh, probe uh, if a, a dentist really believes that there might be a crack in a tooth that he can't see, uh, drilling a small hole to explore is... Right, there are other ways. Right. Yeah, and the um, Japanese in particular, but uh, in other industries, uh, ultrasound imagery has been uh, proven to uh, work beautifully for teeth. Uh, Right. You can see everything in a tooth with with fine detail with microwaves, but dentists are invested in the x-ray technology. Right. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for your call. Well, great. Thank you so much. So I'm sorry we can't offer you the name of a dentist you can call who can help us. (laughs) Well, I feel so much better. Thank you. Thank you for your call. Okay, so Dr. Pete, do you, uh, you think that there are more and more uh, well, maybe not more and more, but there are definitely some skilled uh, physicians and or uh, dentists who are switching to alternative techniques, perhaps in, uh, as you mentioned, Japan and maybe in Europe? Um, yeah, they, they haven't really become commercial with these uh, in the ultrasound or even MRI techniques, but uh, they've been perfected scientifically, and it just needs... Uh, an industry to grow up to displace the x-ray. So MRI and ultrasound are radiation-free diagnostic Mm. investigative techniques. Well, the kind of radiation they use is uh, less harmful than the uh, x-rays and gamma rays. Okay, there's several uh, several other callers dying to get on the air, Dr. Pete, so let's take the next caller. You're on the air? Hello? Hello, you're on the air. Yeah, hi. Uh, just wanted a quick comment on what you think of, since anyone that flies these days gets uh, exposed to some kind of scattering from the x-raying of their luggage, uh, I wonder if you'd comment on what, what kind of exposure levels they're getting from that. I'll take my answer off here. Thank you. Okay, thank you for your call. Dr. Pete? Um, yeah, I haven't seen the exposure uh, doses from uh, being near those machines. But uh, if you look at the uh, history of X-ray technologists uh, in in medical fields, uh, the the history isn't uh, very encouraging for uh, how careful they are. Uh, you know, dentists uh, always assured patients that that stuff was very harmless, but. Uh, there was an epidemic of, of dentists losing their index finger to cancer, uh, and now they make the patient hold the X-ray film. Wow, They're interesting, very interesting. Well, we've got two more callers on the line, Dr. Pete, so let's take the uh, next caller. Caller, you're on the air? Hello, thank you. Um, there is a dentist a couple of hours south of here um, who does natural practice of dentistry. Um, 
I don't know the name right now. I could find out. I eventually want to go there, but it's sort of a, a dream to be able to be able to afford to be able to do that. But I could find that out. Um, what I was initially going to mention was that the new scanning at the airport, um, the one that shows basically your naked body. Now that's radiation that you're getting from that, so it's something to consider the cumulative effects. Um, also, um, you were talking about the the inflammation, and um, although I have um, daily herbs and nutrition that would be very anti-inflammatory, uh, the last time that I was checked, um, my I have a lot of inflammation, you know, in lab tests and also conditions that are inflammation conditions. So, um, and I had a lot of radiation when I was a child, um, both the liquid isotope kind of a thing that you swallow, and um, I was a kid, so it was like hard for me to understand, but I would lay on a table and have something pointed at me, and then everybody would like hide in a little room, and um, I had a lot of those treatments, and as a teenager, the doctor was really excited about the new mammogram machine, so um, those were those had a lot of um, radiation initially, and was, you know there was really no reason to be given that to a teenager. So I hope you're going to tell us some um, things we can do to help us counteract um, all of that the cumulative effects. Okay, Dr. Pete, uh, what's, what, uh, what uh, tips did you have? Um, if you know you're going to be exposed, uh, you can protect yourself uh, in advance to some extent by uh, making sure your thyroid function is good, uh, maybe taking a, a supplement of magnesium. Um, magnesium is the single most protective uh, substance against radiation damage. Uh, vitamin E, vitamin A, all of the antioxidants okay. are protective. Okay. Uh, progesterone and and some of the uh, uh, protective stabilizing hormones, pregnenolone, uh, will reduce the inflammation. Probably coffee, uh, coffee and vitamin E would be the uh, the simplest. To, okay. uh, is that because of the antioxidants in coffee? Or? Um, yeah, caffeine itself has yeah. an anti-inflammatory antioxidant. Okay, exactly. good, good. But would you know perhaps uh, what the uh, function of magnesium would be in that context? Um, it uh, helps to um, heal uh, genetic breaks. Uh, DNA repair enzymes are activated by magnesium. Okay. And coffee's high in magnesium. There and you go. Other B vitamins. Yeah. Okay, there's another caller is uh, waiting on the air. So, caller, you're on the air? Yes. You're on the air. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I have a question. One of my questions was sort of just addressed. Uh, isotope scan I had for kidney stones about 40 years ago. Oh, and wow. I'm trying to, trying to um, think with your um, lecture what can be done now. Um, the, the same things that protect... Uh, preemptively also help to uh, repair the damage. Uh, one thing I didn't mention was niacin amide, okay. uh, which is uh, protects against uh, uh, DNA injury. Um, so do you want me to, uh, caller, I can repeat that list back that Dr. Pete listed as well. No, I, I wrote it down. Okay, good for you. Um, but I did have another question. Go ahead. What about a 
What about a full body scan, like a CAT scan, where they have these full body scans now? Uh, well, a, a CAT scan typically gives you about 200 times the radiation dose that a, a single picture does. 200 times. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And then people are getting them for their whole body? Yeah, it's a, a big business, but Expensive. a very bad business. Uh, John Goffman, who, who died just a few years ago, uh, discussed that in his newsletters and books. Uh, you can find a lot of his information on the Internet. Uh, that's John Goffman with one F. Oh, one F. Okay. Okay, and then I also wanted to bring up um, one more thing, and that is um, I, I'm a midwife, and I was going by several years ago um, a microwave tower out where I lived on 40 acres in the countryside, and um, I noticed that by, all around the microwave tower, every time I drive there, I'd see three- and four-eared rabbits. Um, what do you think of that? Oh, <laughs> well, uh, they've known for a long time that uh, telephone or power line uh, workers, the men uh, have um, mostly female offspring, and uh, birds that live near power lines uh, have nearly all female offspring. Wow. So it's increasing estrogen. Wow. Apparently, uh -huh. yeah. Reproductive right. disruption. Uh-huh. Well, okay, I appreciate all your questions and uh, answered, and uh, I just wanted to tell you that I've read your books, and I love them. They're great. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Thank, thank you for your call, listener. Okay, bye -bye. Uh, was there another caller on the line? Or Yeah, there is. Okay, so go ahead, caller. You're on the air. Um, yes, I actually wanted to add something to the list of things that are very effective at uh, diminishing the effects of radiation. And it also actually contains many of the supplements you named, and that's seaweed. It's actually an amazing, amazing detoxer of heavy metals and radioactivity, so much to the effect that they believed the Japanese suffered uh, less damages because of how much seaweed they had in their diet prior to Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Okay, Dr. Pete, what have you said? Um, well, there have been advocates of distributing potassium iodide tablets to people who live around uh, nuclear power uh, reactors in case there's a leak of iodine. And uh, seaweed is is even better than potassium iodide tablets, uh, but it only protects you against radioactive iodine, which is uh, it's the first and worst uh, radiation injury from, uh, for example, at, at Three Mile Island. Uh, a year after the leaks, uh, there was an epidemic of babies born without thyroid glands. So you're saying it wouldn't help uh, the radiation from a CAT scan or an X-ray, but it would help from, like, a nuclear facility? Yeah, it it protects you against radioactive iodine, but uh, iodine itself is slightly uh, antioxidant, but it's also risky to use chronically um, because it... Uh, if you get just two or three times more than the minimum requirement, it can increase the risk of goiter and thyroiditis and, and thyroid cancer 
over a long period of time. Interesting. Well, I just want to let everybody know that powdered seaweed in your diet is very helpful for the thyroid, which, as you said, is great for free activity and stuff like that. So thanks. Thanks for your call. Okay, thanks for your call. I think there's another caller. There isn't. Okay. All right. Well, let's get uh, let's get back to the uh, medical establishment in terms of uh, what I believe they would use as reasonable justification uh, for these investigative techniques. Uh, the what do you know that's happening that perhaps isn't being pushed commercially because of uh, vested interests in existing techniques? But what are the uh, upcoming perhaps? Uh, techniques that are much safer for visualizing? Well, um, the um, for mammograms, for example, there's now uh, good evidence that MRI and ultrasound will give you even better information than x-rays. Right. Okay. Good. They just haven't been as developed commercially or industrially, correct? Yeah. So basically, you're suggesting that under no circumstance would an X-ray be warranted, and perhaps a MRI and ultrasound would be even better. Yeah, um, I I have uh, avoided X-rays for I guess 15 or 20 years now. What would you? Uh, okay, so I think I think the thing that is probably difficult to get over to people. Uh, who are listening is that if they are, for example, involved in a road traffic accident and they seem to have broken a broken limb or pelvis or something like that. I was actually involved in a uh, accident a few years ago, and um, unfortunately, I think because of the need for uh, proof, uh, I had to have a a, a a cat scan on my head. And so, I mean, I think it was completely unnecessary. By the way, there was absolutely nothing showing from from it but uh, if somebody is involved in a road traffic accident and they may or may not have broken bones and um, the physician is obviously saying well we need to x-ray you sir we need to x-ray your chest or your uh, your arm or your well, leg uh, except for broken bones and uh, uh, if you have a splinter of a bone in your brain or or lung or something uh, I guess it's a quick way to locate it uh, but uh you can't really see uh, very much about the uh, soft tissue with an X-ray, where ultrasound and MRI, uh, MRI was essentially invented to look at soft tissue and mm-hmm. to chemically identify uh, what it is. So with an X-ray, you can't tell uh, what is tumor and what isn't. Uh, but with uh, an MRI, you can detect uh, the type of chemicals, type of uh, physiology in the soft tissue. So if you happen to be conscious during your um, accident and subsequent operation, then you can uh, request and deny x-rays and suggest that you want ultrasounds. But I guess after you sign that statement of informed consent, they basically do whatever they deem necessary. So it's, I think it's a bit difficult. Yeah, uh, when someone's in the hospital, uh, they practically uh, don't have any choice except to uh, get up and run. <laughs> so what about when you want to fly? I mean, you can't. Well, can you tell the the guy at the airport? Oh, sorry, I'm. I don't do X-rays. 
Uh, well, I, I, so far that's optional that they they do the body scan. They take you into a, a separate booth to uh, if you're willing to do it. Otherwise, they have to search you by hand, I guess. Okay, so uh, it, it does seem then that the uh, x-rays and the other uh, medical radiation is not harmless, uh, but there are vested interests in the uh, financial side of it that are very slow to adopt uh, new techniques. Okay, so I know it's about 8 minutes to 8 o'clock now. I don't think there's any other calls on the line. We were going to uh, get into the food, food safety side of things. I know plenty of... Uh, foods that have added ingredients that people would probably rather not uh, recognize for fear of having to do something about it. Um, but I know the food industry is, again, uh, very much corporate-driven and there are vested interests who would uh, be much happier if you didn't know uh, what was going on. I said, Even yeah. people who read labels uh, are not going to get all the information because the FDA allows mm -hmm. uh, things that are... Uh, known to be in the materials you make the food out of. Uh, they allow them to uh, go into the food but not show up on the label. Right. I, I was actually thinking as we were getting uh, callers and uh, you were going over the subject uh, in the early part of the show, what do you think, if nothing really changes in terms of what we're exposed to and or increases the way it is, uh, what do you think is going to be the long-term effects of that? I think it's already showing up. Um, I'm getting uh, really just a huge number of emails from young women uh, all the way from teens into their 40s who uh, have a problem with uh, fat around their waist. Uh, and you can see it in the summer when they're, they're wearing fewer clothes. You can see that teenage girls are getting fat around the middle. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, obesity uh, is uh, epidemic and uh, degenerative diseases, allergies and asthma are increasing tremendously as well as the death rate from them. And uh, uh, Just brief, briefly explain the uh, links between uh, the, the allergies and the obesity, fat deposition, etc., how that actually works. Oh, it, it hasn't entirely been uh, clarified, but... Uh, the things that uh, cause obesity also cause inflammation. Asthma is an inflammatory disease, and some people see obesity as, uh, in some ways, an inflammatory condition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the uh, cytokines that regulate metabolism, uh, once you start down the inflammatory pathway, uh, you trigger cortisone production. Uh, cortisone uh, directs fat to uh, your face and abdomen and shoulders. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, um, the, the cortisone exposure increases and causes degenerative diseases such as osteoporosis and, and obesity and uh, uh, heart disease. But uh, the um, in inflammation or allergic reaction is is really prior to the uh, chronic overproduction of cortisone. Okay. 
All right. Well, I'll tell you what, there is another caller on the line, so let's uh, let's get the caller on the air, and then that's probably going to be as much time as we have. So, caller, you're on the air. Yes, good after, good evening, rather. With all of this, um, what did he call it, backstage or second stage radiation uh, thing going on, uh, cumulative from all the x-rays and stuff you've taken in your life, okay? okay? Have there been an increase in the number of cases of uh, SEL, uh, systemic erythematosus? SLE, you mean? Uh, LE, yeah. yeah. And is there any way to treat lupus uh, successfully? Uh, Yes, I've seen uh, basically uh, all of the lupus people that I've seen over the last 30 years with thyroid, progesterone, and avoiding the um, polyunsaturated fats, uh, they all either recover completely or uh, at least don't die of their uh, kidney failure and so on. Has there been an increase over the, the years since we started even far back as the atmospheric uh, testing that we did? Um, that's my impression, but I, I don't have the figures. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay, thank, thank you for, you your, for call. your call. Well, it is uh, coming up for 7.58, so uh, no more questions, uh, and we should uh, probably wrap up the evening show. I will say that uh, it's definitely a subject that's uh, coming up more and more, and that is food ingredients. I know that the FDA are uh, allowing manufacturers to uh, exempt themselves, if you like, from a certain percentage of ingredients on the labels, and that's how some ingredients can slip into foods without you even knowing it. Um, But there are some very obvious food ingredients that have very negative health effects, and uh, I believe that certainly warrants a program. And so hopefully uh, Dr. P will uh, join us for an expose of food ingredients, some of which you may not even heard of, uh, but which are pretty ubiquitous. So thank you very much for joining us again, Dr. Pete. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, so for those who've listened to our show, thanks for listening, and uh, we do appreciate your feedback and your calls. And until the third Friday of next month, have a very good night.